Welcome into NBA Sound System. Gil McGregor here with Scott Rafferty. And last week, you said you were trying to like catch your breath with everything that was going on. Well, I don't even want to know how you're feeling after the week that just was in the NBA. Really probably one of the craziest weeks as I can remember. Definitely from covering the game, but even as a fan of the game, this is one of the craziest weeks. And to illustrate how crazy of a week it was, LeBron James became the all-time leading scorer last Tuesday, which is a huge deal. We talked about that, and that was old news by Thursday. We weren't talking about that anymore, and that is because Kevin Durant, one of the greatest scorers in the history of the game, was traded to the Phoenix Suns in a shocking trade deadline deal. I guess it wasn't that shocking. The writing might have been on the wall after the Kyrie Irving trade, but the KD trade, overnight deal, everybody found out in different ways. What are you thinking about KD in the Valley? Oof, man, it was an exhausting <laughs> week. By the way, you didn't even mention that Kyrie Irving got traded. Russell Westbrook yeah, got right. traded. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, NBA actually, the NBA actually tweeted that on the trade deadline day, 24 teams made 12 trades involving 49 players, and it's the most yeah. teams to make a trade and the most players to be traded on trade deadline. Crazy week. Absolutely crazy. Crazy week. Um, and Absolutely yeah, crazy week. And now we have, now we have like 20, 30 games. Um, until the the playoffs and to see if Kevin Durant can can get the the Suns over the hump. Um, I mean, look, bird's eye view. It's hard not to like this trade, right? Kevin Durant's one right. of the greatest players of all time. Um, yes, he's what in his mid thirties now, but he was playing at an MVP level prior to his injury. He is still awesome. He is still in the conversation for best player in the league. To think that he's joining a team with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, coached by Monty Williams, a team that had the best record in the league last season. It's hard not to like it. Um, the Suns team obviously wanted to be aggressive. They needed to do something, I felt like, at this trade deadline because they've had a bit of a rough season to this point. You can't get much better than Kevin Durant. Um, with all that in mind, though, I think that the biggest concern with them is injury. Devin Book has missed time this year with, what is yeah. it, groin strain, which is one of those right. injuries that's that's hard to, to just kind of get over. Um, you need a lot of time, I feel like, to really truly recover from that. Hopefully, he's fine the rest of the way, but that is a concern. Kevin Durant is obviously out right now with a knee injury. He's dealt with injuries over the last few years. And then Chris Paul, um, you know, I know you love Chris Paul more than anyone. Perennial All-Star, a guy who was an All-NBA last year, he was fantastic and looked like he was kind of um, defying father time in a similar, similar way to LeBron. He's also dealt with injuries. He's coming back down to earth this season. I don't think he's quite that same player anymore. Um, he's still a great player. He's still averaging almost a double-double on the season. And I think moving him to kind of a third or fourth option on offense now with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Aiton um, is a huge luxury for the Suns team and kind of solves that problem that they were looking for an upgrade at point guard for Chris Paul. But I think that's going to be the biggest thing, um, even more than depth. Like, I'm not as worried, I feel like, as their depth right now. Also, because they're going to pick up guys on the buyout market. I think this mm-hmm. team's going to look much more complete in a week or two. But um, injury is the big concern for me. But if they're healthy, I mean, no one's going to want to face that team. That offense is going to be absolutely absurd. Yeah, it's funny. You talked about all the stuff that was going on at the trade deadline. There was a great tweet from CJ McCollum who said, all this happened because Ja Morant said he's not worried about anybody in the Western Conference. (laughs) All these Western Conference contenders went and made pretty big moves. Obviously, Kevin Durant being the the splashiest move. And it's funny because I was explaining to you guys uh, last week, again, it was an overnight trade. I went to bed relatively early, especially for my standards, thinking, you know, let me rest up for the actual deadline day and get ready for everything that's getting ready to happen. And then I wake up, I was checking uh, an, an app to see what the score or something, and I, all I see is a 
the Photoshop of Kevin Durant in the Suns uniform. And I'm just like, wait, why? Like, why are people like back on this train again? Rub the crust out of my eyes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> the Suns traded for Kevin Durant. <laughs> so like the, the initial shock of that is, is wild. And obviously we always talk about trades, the trade return, Macau Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson, and a couple, four draft picks, I believe, in the future. But again, you make the trade for you can make the trade for Kevin Durant. You make the trade for Kevin Durant, and not to mention they also landed T.J. Warren. Of course, you knew I was going to say that as well. He's back with the team uh, that drafted him. Good pickup for them. Good pickup. Uh, you talked about their depth, depth pieces, and you mentioned yep. the buyout market. Um, they're adding Terrence Ross to their bench, so players are going to want to go play. Not to mention it's already Phoenix, but you can get a chance to play with those guys. Um, you know, I, I think injury is is not obviously something that you're going to have to talk about because Kevin Durant his debut with the team is delayed until we don't know when after the all-star break um because obviously he's still dealing with the mcl injury he's had knee injuries and things of that nature in years past um he seemed like he's been fine in the postseason but getting to the postseason has been a different story for him so you know whether or not this sun's team can get on the floor uh or how soon they can get on the floor together i think that will uh, certainly impact the ways in which uh they can finish in the western conference but we've talked about it before the west is you know, whatever. Like it, it's very much up for grabs outside of that top seed um, in Denver because Memphis is kind of coming back down to earth a little bit, to where it kind of looks like everything after one is a little bit up in the air. Memphis created a little bit of a concussion, of a cushion, but still, um, you know, I think this Suns team is going to be one to, to reckon with, and I know they're going to have uh, NBA Finals expectations from you know this team was you know playing for a championship, two wins away from a championship two years ago. They retool, they add Kevin Durant, who, like you said, is still playing at an MVP level. So I'm very curious if things kind of fall into place. I know last week I asked you, you know, whether or not it was fair that we still haven't just made, you know, declared the Nuggets the favorite. If things fall into place, they're able to get things together and kind of get on one accord with maybe a month to spare in the season. Is it championship or bust for the Suns this year? Like, would anything less than a championship be a disappointment for this Suns team? I don't know if I'd say it's championship or bust this season. Also, because with the injury situations they're currently dealing with, it's also really hard to just kind of put everything together in 20-ish games and then yeah. rattle yeah. off 16 wins and win a championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think True. there'd be much more pressure on them next season. That's not to say there right. isn't pressure because you don't make a trade like this you don't give mm-hmm. up Mikel Bridges, who's one of the best role players and super young. Cam Johnson, a guy, again, super young that everyone would on that team. And so many un- undra- unprotected draft picks if you're not trying to win now. I just think right. the pressure is probably going to be more on them next year than it is necessarily right now. And by the way, that, like, that makes that's, that's fine. They should be great next season too. <laughs> Devin Booker is only going to get better. Kevin Durant, right. I feel like at the rate that he's been playing, should have at least a couple more seasons kind of at this all-NBA, all-star, potentially even MVP level. Chris Paul is the guy who's going to, I feel like, probably he could continue to fall off quite rapidly. Um, but whether you find a replacement in him or even like someone like DeAndre Ayton, who's still very young and improving, um, maybe he can reach another level and that kind of makes up for it. Yes, interesting thing. I, I think when we were talking about this and talking through it, Chris Paul was a name that came to mind because we've kind of heard some reports and read some reports that the Suns are, are kind of looking for his successor, or maybe they just try to replace him while he's still he has two years left on his contract. Which you know, again, he's not getting any younger. He'll be thirty eight um, this postseason. So you know, whether it's the decision to potentially move on right away or find somebody uh, to kind of be the next in line at point guard, I'll have my eye on that with, with the Suns this offseason, and also to, to see you know how active they are. 
um, on the buyout market. Again, we already mentioned Terrence Ross, uh, but we'll see if anybody else uh, is really in a rush to get down to Phoenix to help that team compete for an NBA title this year. I'd be interested to see the precedent of teams who made major midseason blockbuster trades. I guess this is one of the biggest ever, so it's kind of hard to find a precedent be. for that. But but to see you know how well they did in the postseason again, again, this is maybe the biggest. You know, talking about just who Kevin Durant is, is an NBA seventy five guy playing you know at his peak level still a top five player in the nba so that's major now of course there were other deals around the league you mentioned it a little bit russell westbrook no longer an la laker they shuffled the cards and improved their roster the clippers shook some things up as well um so when you look around the league and and the moves that were made uh, was there one that made you you know that that maybe not getting talked about enough because kd deal was so big that you're like you know what this team helped themselves a lot and we'll be talking about this deal in the postseason, maybe helping that team win 16 games to get the title. I don't know if it's going to completely move the needle, but I okay. do like Jalen McDaniels going to Philly. Yes. Yeah. I, I think he's having a breakout season. Um, you know, that team already has like PJ, they, they have some good tough defenders, but he's a little bit of a different look for them. Like he, he's, he has a ton of length at the forward position. He's wiry, um, but he, he's quick. He's athletic. I think that could help in certain matchups. And he's not necessarily a knockdown shooter, but he can shoot mm. a little bit. And I think you just combine that with him, the what he'd be able to do to get out in transition, I think could fit really well next to Harden um, and just being a super disruptive defender. I think that's something that could come in big for them in the postseason. Again, it's not necessarily as big as these some other deals, but um, when I saw that through, that was that was one that kind of raised my eyebrows and I liked it at first glance. So I, I, I graded that trade uh, over at Sporting News and for our friends down uh, under Sporting News Australia and NBA Global. And I gave the Sixers an A- minus for that one. That I think that um, when, I, when I watch the Sixers play, and they have a lot of talent, especially at the top with Joel Embiid and James Harden. Um, Tyrese Maxey is, is kind of coming back and, and figuring things out after the injury this year. Tobias Harris is, is all over the place, honestly, especially for a guy who's pretty much making max money. Um, but but aside from those guys, you don't really know what you're going to get from Philadelphia's depth guys. You know, you don't know if you're going to get a big Shake Milton game or not, or or you know whether or not you know what what you're going to get you know from George Niang or any of those other guys. So and, and Jalen McDaniels isn't a huge name, but I think being in the Charlotte market and getting familiar with his game, I saw him. Uh, have a career performance and he's having a career season with the Hornets this year. I think that he is a guy who they've added another consistent guy. They know what they're going to get from Jalen McDaniels on a night to night basis. Maybe it's a Philly thing. Maybe he gets there and he's no longer consistent anymore. But I think that that's a really big pickup for them just because when it comes to the playoffs and granted, he's never played on that stage before, but when it comes to the playoffs, they need more guys, especially, you know, when the rotation is shrinking down to eight and nine, obviously what he does on the defensive end, but playing with a creator like James Harden, playing off of a guy who attracts so much attention like Joel Embiid, I think Jalen McDaniels will be able to thrive. I think he's going to be a restricted free agent this offseason. I know you wrote about unrestricted, him, unrestricted, unrestricted free agent this offseason. I know you wrote about just his player profile and what he brought to a team like the Raptors. He ended up not with the Raptors, but he does bring a lot of good things to the floor. So I think that that's a great pickup, a great under the radar one. That's actually one of the three that I had written down um, because I didn't know which direction you were going to go. So I'm glad we are on the same page uh, at a certain extent there. Another one um, that I'm going to go with, this is kind of a wild card because there's a lot uh, at play here and a lot that could impact this. But Jay Crowder to the Bucks. 
Um, you know, we talked about that situation, that deal in Phoenix and, and how that was going to be resolved. He lost his starting job uh, to Cam Johnson, who ironically is no longer in Phoenix anymore. Um, but he goes to Milwaukee, plays college ball at Marquette. Um, so there's a familiarity with the community anyway. But um, the, the wild card part of it is we haven't seen Jay Crowder play basketball since last postseason. He, he peacefully held out or whatever it is we want to call it with with uh, the Suns and has not played. I know he's had some videos of him staying in the gym working out, but still, we know. Game speed, game shape, especially at the NBA, is very different uh, from being ready to go play and contribute for a team who has title aspirations. So it could completely it could go haywire. But I think that you know what he does as an undersized stretch for. We've seen him do it in the past um, with Phoenix, with Miami, went to the finals, both of those places. He's played at the highest stage. I think he brings a little bit of that edge and that toughness that PJ Tucker brought to their championship team. Uh, a few years ago. And now you look at the Eastern Conference. Um, it looks like it's maybe a, a three horse race now that KD and Kyrie are gone um, with the Bucks, Celtics, and the Sixers. Maybe the Heat can enter the conversation as well. But thinking about that, I think that he becomes very valuable when it's, you know, tough defense, throwing bodies at a Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, um, you know, throwing bodies at James Harden. Uh, you know, I think that's what Jay Crowder can do. Uh, and matching P.J. Tucker's toughness out. He's in Philadelphia as well. So Jay Crowder uh, to, to Milwaukee is a big one. Yeah, a huge one. I, I really like that as well. I think comparing him to P.J. Tucker, look, that they're slightly different players. Like, I think P.J. Right. is probably more physical. Like, he's probably more mm-hmm. capable of, of guarding, like, a Giannis or something like that. Right. In saying that, Jay Crowder is still super physical and super versatile mm-hmm. and can guard multiple positions. And it's interesting when you look at a Bucks team that has Drew Holiday... Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez, who are three of the best defenders at their position. So to have someone that can just chase Jason Tatum, to your point, around for 30 minutes and funnel them towards their help. Um, I mean, they're already a good defensive team, but I feel like he should fit in like a glove there. And the, the big difference between him and P.J. Tucker offensively, he's a far more aggressive three-point shooter. Like, it could be yeah. too aggressive yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's one of those guys who he will shoot when he's open, and teams, even if the percentages don't scream like, oh, no, you need to close out on him, he just shoots so many times and is so confident with it that teams do treat him like a knockdown three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And he could also get hot. Like, he played a huge role when that Heat team made it to the finals um, in that bubble. So he's a proven guy. He's been on this stage before. He's been a part of winning teams. Um, he knows what it's like to play against stars, uh, like next two stars, like a Giannis, mm-hmm. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday. Um yeah, we'll have to see what kind of shape he is in, but I think it's not like they're going to ask him to touch the ball a hundred times, make plays for others. Like his job is very much going to be like, you annoy the hell out of the person on the other team, the best player on the other team probably, and hang out in the corners and wait for kick out. Um, so it may take him some time to get there, but I think I, I, I'm pretty confident he'll get there for them. I really like that pickup too. Right. He has a two and a half month runway into the postseason start, so... That that works in his favor. I think it's perfect timing uh, for him to to land in a spot like Milwaukee. And it's funny you, you mentioned one of the toughest guys to guard in the Eastern Conference. He's very fortunate is his teammate. Uh, so he won't have to deal with being a body that deals with Giannis because he will be right next to Giannis. One more that I wrote down was Luke Kennard to Memphis. I don't know if it moves the needle that much, but one thing that came up often with our discussions about the Grizzlies is their need for shooting. Luke Kennard is a shooter, so we'll see what that can do for them in a postseason series. 
his ability to uh, spread out the floor when teams dare them to shoot. So obviously you and I are playing like a little bit. the Celtics as well, by the way. Yeah, that's another one. That's another one, another one. And he's already <laughs> uh, making his presence felt in Boston's had a couple uh pretty good performances and looks pretty comfortable, uh, you know, playing for the Celtics as well. So that, that is another good one that we'll, you'll, we'll watch a playoff game and Mike Muscala will hit, you know, three or four threes off the bench and, and he swings the momentum in the game and is not necessarily the reason that they win, but he's the reason that they, you know, kind of, sustain a run or go on a big run especially with the way that that Celtics team spreads the floor and how well they shoot uh the three ball so he fits right in you mentioned that again like you said 49 players traded 24 teams got active 12 trades eyes on the Bulls and the Cavs because they are the two teams who didn't do anything uh Steph No had trade grades over on the sporting news said the Bulls were really the ones that need to be scrutinized because the Cavs made a big deal for Donovan Mitchell. And they also picked up Danny Green on the buyout market. So Chicago, what you doing? We'll, we'll see if they can do anything. They've been linked to Russell Westbrook, but he might end up staying in Utah. So we will see uh, what happens with that. Now, we're going to put our GM hats on now. We talked about the work that the GMs did over the trade deadline as we know the All-Star game is coming up very soon. Team Giannis versus Team LeBron. And this year, the All-Star Draft will go right before the game, playground style. Uh, it'd be kind of funny if they shot for teams. But uh, they're going to pick teams right on the floor like we did back in the old days. And uh, Scott and I talked beforehand. Since my name starts with a G, I will go second and play the role of Team Giannis's GM. Scott will be the GM of Team LeBron, or LeGM, as he's so often called <laughs> on the internet, with the first pick of the starter pool. And then, of course, I will come back around with uh, the first pick of the reserves pool. And, and and let me not forget, we have a couple injury replacements in play. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Zion Williamson have been replaced with Anthony Edwards, De'Aaron Fox, and Pascal Siakam which, by the way, three of the guys that you and I named as snubs last week. So uh, we'll pat ourselves on the back with that one and take a victory lap there. And because of that, Joel Embiid, Lowry Markkinen, and Ja Morant have entered the starters pool. So now we got that out of the way. Scott, you are on the clock. You pick first in this year's All-Star NBA Sound System All-Star draft. Number one pick in the draft, I'm going Luka Doncic from the Mavericks. A guy who's averaging basically a 30-point triple-double. Um, we know who he is. I think he's kind of grown into a guy who there's just no answer for him offensively. I think he's going to fit great next to LeBron, a guy he's been compared to time and time again in his career. I know this this might surprise you. You seem a little bit annoyed by the selection, but uh, this was a pretty easy one for me. Uh, you know, I, I figured it was going to... That was going to be it. Uh, I was prepared for him to go off the board first. I just have to uh, strategize accordingly. Um, based on that, you might be a little surprised by this one, but I'm going to go with Jason Tatum of the Ooh. Boston Celtics with the number two pick. Um, I'm thinking about fit. I'm thinking about how to build this team. Got to have shooting around my guy, Giannis. Jason Tatum, again, another guy who's averaging 30-plus. Highest scoring average in a single season by a Boston Celtic, and there have been some pretty impressive players who wear that green, so I'll take Tatum. You know, there was some strategy behind me going with Doncic at number one. We're not going to get into that strategy because it doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to Nikola Jokic uh, with my second pick. Arguably the best player in the league, back-to-back MVP. He might win three straight MVPs at the rate that he's going. Um, the ball is going to be moving with this team, with Luka, LeBron, and Jokic. Um, also, by the way, he's a lights-out shooter. So he, he's going to space the floor for these guys. This was, <laughs> this was another easy pick. You, you gift wrap that nah. one for me. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I knew that was coming. Uh, I, that maybe plays into the hand with my strategy here because I figured that would probably be the first two picks off the board. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to stick with my theme here uh, because Giannis is, is just really historically a bad GM. So I'm going to try and uh, right his own wrongs. I will go with Kyrie Irving of the now Dallas okay. Mavericks. So you got one Maverick guard. I'll take the other Maverick guard. Kyrie off the board, fourth overall. I think you might be doing the strategy that I want to do to you, to me. Um, <laughs> and you know what? It's going to backfire. Joel Embiid with the next pick. Oh, my gosh. We're going, we're going big. They got me. Um, you know, I have the two, two most dominant centers in the league right now. You, no one can guard either of them. I just said it. Jokic is a good enough shooter. We'll let, let, let Joel Embiid cook in the post. Um, also, a ton of size to throw at Giannis. Yeah, I'm, 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 I, know, I know what game you're playing here, Gil. Well, you know what? Just to just to play it safe here, which I don't think you're gonna do the jumbo super size lineup, but you know, I'd be a bad GM if I didn't do this. I will take the only <laughs> big remaining on the board and take Lowry Markinen, uh big fella, uh playing in front of his home crowd. He knows these rims, he knows the depth perception here. Uh, but I definitely thought that Joel and B was going to fall a little bit lower since you already had a center. So uh this has backfired terribly, but I will bounce back. I'm not worried about it. I can't believe Donovan Mitchell or John Morant are going to go with the last pick. Um, there is some gamesmanship here. Look, I, I'm going to go Donovan Mitchell. He's just a better three-point shooter, a guy who I think I have more confidence playing off ball. And I have guys who need the ball in their hands in this situation in uh, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Jokic, and Embiid. So I'm going with shooting on this one, which means you get John Morant with your last pick. You know, it's not a bad last pick to have. I will take John Morant having an amazing season. And to your point about Donovan Mitchell, another guy who knows the rims in Utah very well. So uh, you might be lighting it up, but uh, again, I'll be able to combat it with that. That's why I got the guys that I had in my starting lineup with Kyrie, put some shooting around Giannis because I feel like Giannis, and he'll, he'll handle one of those big guys. Giannis is a big guy himself. So uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be quite yeah, keep all right. Keep telling yourself now, that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And you know what? I can make up for it when, when we pick these reserves since I do pick first here um and and i don't know maybe you'll be surprised by this but i'm sticking with the same strategy i want shooting around Giannis. i'm taking the best guy i'm pointing at my wrist right now of those of you who don't know damian lillard already scored 16 a game this year i'm sure he's lit the jazz up plenty of time so dame lillard my first pick in the second round come on the team Giannis. It's a good pick. He was number two on my big board right here among reserves. So I'm still going to go with my number one pick in this situation, Shea Gilgis Alexander, who can sleepwalk his way to 30 points a game. You know what? Uh, I'm uh, I I can't I can't argue with that. That wasn't he was high on my board as well. Um, you know, I'm trying to figure out where where, where to go from here. Uh, I think maybe <laughs> to be safe and, and, and figure things out based on how the first round went. Give me Bam out of bio, the 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 highest ranked big uh, on my reserve pool. Um, I'll take him. He can. He's he's not uh, the biggest, but he can, he's another body I can throw at your 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 super jumbo size front court because I'm gonna need it. Um, not a bad selection. I'm gonna go Jalen Brown with my next pick, a guy who I thought had a really strong case to be a star to the season. Plus, I'm gonna hope he just knows all of the tricks of the trade for Jason Tatum, and he's gonna be able to shut him down. So, a guy who can defend. Play offense, play off of guys, play off ball. Um, Jalen Brown, I feel like, is a very safe choice here. You know what? That works both ways. I think uh, Jason Tatum will know some tricks of the trade to uh, deal with Jalen Brown as well. And I also have Kyrie on my team. So he knows these guys fairly well. So I'll take that. Um, but, you know, I'm going to look through the guards again. A couple of them off the board. I'm going to go with De'Aaron Fox. This is an all-star game. 
super fast. Uh, we've talked about it. He maybe deserved a little more respect. Maybe he should have gotten a nod before being an injury replacement. Uh, give me De'Aaron Fox on Team Giannis. We're going to be get up and down the floor. We'll have some fun. I'm going to go with more defense here. Paul George, one of the best two-way players in the league. I think he's his season's getting slept on a little bit. Um, but again, one of the best two-way players in the league. Also, LeBron likes Paul George. We all know that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Paul George will play even better alongside LeBron than he does when they've gone head-to-head. But he did show up in those uh, Pacers Heat series, which seemed like just the other day, but they were like 10 years ago now, which is really wild. It's crazy. Uh, to think about, I think I need to bolster my front court a little bit more. Uh, you know what? There's some similarities that, you know, these guys were supposed to be teammates in Toronto, but it didn't pan out. Give me Pascal Siakam on Team Giannis coming off the bench. Add a little international flair, international flavor uh, to my roster. All right. I'm going with the first time All Star here. I feel like I'm high, I've been higher on him than pretty much, well, most people. Uh, I won't say everyone, but most people. I'm going with Anthony Edwards, who's having a fantastic season in Minnesota keeping that team afloat with Carl Anthony Towns out, getting them back into the play-in and playoff race. Um, another guy who can kind of just bulldoze his way to 25 points, 30 points a night. He's having a great season. That's a good one. That's a great pick. Uh, Anthony Edwards is another guy. You also have the best quotes in, in this game. So they need to have sure Anthony Edwards they need to have Anthony Edwards mic'd up in this all-star game for sure. I, I like where my front court is right now, so I'm going back to the, to the back court. Um, you know, since we're talking about first-timers, let me get Tyrese Maxey. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton. I'll say why I said Tyrese Maxey. We were just talking about the Sixers. Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Maxey will be an all-star, I'm sure, one day. Tyrese Halliburton set the table up uh, you know, for the guys on my team. Uh, he'll be fun in this all-star game. He's a real all-star now. So give me Tyrese Halliburton from the Pacers to uh, add to the first-timers in this game. I know I got some bigs on my team, um, but there's also quite a few bigs left. And also this guy also had a, a strong case to be a star to this season. Give me Nikola Jokic zero. I'm going with Devontas Sabonis, who's uh, driving this offense for the Kings. What he's able to do offensively. He's a bruiser in the post as a role man. Great passer. As I said, the ball's going to be moving on Team LeBron this year. Yeah, I like that. You know, that's a, that's a, again, it's a very Scott pick. I, I thought about him, but then I looked at his all-star <laughs> stats. He scored four points in the two all-star games that he's, that he's made. I, we need to put points on the board, but I guess you have a guy who can pass the ball. So, uh, I also picked Luca pick. with my first pick, who's only scored, I think, eight <laughs> points in the three all-star games he's been in, uh, each time. So it's not like he's going to be lighting up if we're, if we're looking at this realistically. <laughs> That, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, now we're kind of down to the, the last four guys. Um, and they're all stars. So, so no disrespect to any of these guys, but I think I'm going to go with Jaron Jackson Jr. All star debut for him. Uh, Josh said he hoped that they were on the same team. So we will make Josh wish come true. Like to see them on the floor together. Uh, do some Memphis magic while they're out there. So, uh, give me Triple J. <sighs> it's tough now. Um, you know, LeBron likes to play these games where I, I feel like he, he drafts people who are, are going to be free agents or people that he's interested in. I think that's fair to say. So give me DeMar DeRozan, the guy who's been linked to the Lakers quite a few times over the last couple of years. Who had an awesome uh, performance last year's All-Star game, by the way. So DeMar DeRozan, uh, if, I, if I remember correctly, he was pretty awesome in last year's All-Star game. Maybe I'm making things up, but I do remember that he was on Team LeBron last year and they won. So that's a great pick. Now we're down to the last. Two guys. I know who you're picking here. Go. I know who you're picking here. Do you? I don't know. I don't, I see, I don't think I do because I, <laughs> I feel like you could go Team Giannis and picking his teammate. I was going to say, I feel like you're going Julius Randle. I think you're a Randle guy. 
I, you know, I, it's funny because I wasn't even thinking about it from the, from the team Giannis thing. I've got I got to go Drew Holiday. This is I'm going Drew Holiday. I got another I got another guard to defend. I think you're trying to to talk me into that because you wanted Drew Holiday with the last pick. And let's be real, we know Giannis is so loyal. He's picking Drew Holiday first in the actual draft yeah. once he has that pick. Uh, but I'll take him and he'll just he'll just come to me uh in my I guess seventh spot uh from this from this list of guys or six whatever it is. I'll take Drew Holiday. He's going to strap up on the defensive end and make it make make life really difficult for those guards you have. And he's going to get in the passing lanes, all that ball movement you're talking about. Sure, you keep telling yourself that, Gil. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think I remember Giannis. I think picked Chris Middleton first among the reserves both times he was a Loyal. captain previously. Maybe to a fault. So he's he's absolutely he's absolutely picking Holiday here. I'll, I'll take Julius Randle. Last pick. I mean, he's coming to my team, but we'll take more size. We're just going to load up on big guys. We might we might roll out like the five man big lineup uh, for the All Star game. So, so to recap, who ended up on Scott's team, LeBron, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Donovan Mitchell, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jalen Brown, Paul George, Anthony Edwards, DeMontis Sabonis, DeMar DeRozan, and Julius Randle. Team Giannis over here with Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, Lowry Markin, and John Morant, Damian Lillard, Bam Adebayo, De'Aaron Fox, Pascal Siakam, Tyrese Halliburton, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Drew Holiday, I feel pretty good about my team. I don't think that the GMs are going to draft as well as we draft, but it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how those guys do it on the spot. LeBron is so calculated, like you mentioned, guys are going to be free agents and also guys who play well with him. Um, it is fair now to say though, now that Curry isn't in it, it's just funny to think that like somebody at the beginning, the way the starters were going to be, was going to get two of Luka Doncic and Kevin Durant or Stephen Curry. So things are a little bit more fair now, I feel like, with the way the starter pool is. But definitely interested to see how that goes. you think Luka will be the first pick? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. LeBron's yeah. picking first, yeah. right? I, I think I think that's probably – I mean, I, yeah, I don't think he'd go Kyrie with the first pick, right? That feels that feels like That feels like a reach as much as I know he likes Kyrie, and especially now that he's been traded too. Right, I was gonna say it might be a little too calculated. Now Kyrie's still gonna be a free agent as of now, so maybe we he gets picked higher yeah. than than we expect him to be. So I'll definitely keep an eye out on uh, LeBron's calculated moves because again, sometimes he's playing chess out here and not necessarily playing checkers. That's definitely exciting. I think that's one of the biggest things I'm excited about this All Star Week and seeing what a real live All Star draft right before the game looks like. Um, but otherwise. All Star Weekend, you're going to be on out, out there in Salt Lake City. What are you looking forward to uh, about being out there? Is it the dunk contest? Is it the three point contest? What 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 what's what's uh, high on your priority list this All Star Weekend? Maybe it's the celebrity game. It's not the celebrity game, um, <laughs> but hey, who knows? It might catch me off guard. I might love it. No, I I think the last All Star game I went to was 2019 in Charlotte. Right, it was 2019. Yeah, yeah, 2019. Um, I do remember being there in person. Like the three point contest was a lot of fun and. Yeah. Completely stole the show on Saturday night over the dunk contest. So I'm looking forward to seeing that again. Um, I really am looking forward to the draft. I'm fascinated to see what it looks like, um, how it turns out and everything like that. And I, I feel like that's going to be a, a, a good starter um, before the main course, which is obviously the All-Star game itself. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be funny to see how the uh, producers and the cameras work the work work things yep. when, when they're down to three, four guys left getting picked. It'll kind of be like uh, you know the roses in the Bachelor, or Bachelorette, or whatever, just with uh, NBA All Star an <laughs> <laughs> NBA All Star uh, twist. We don't anybody that's in a three point contest yet. By the way, you mentioned three point contest. Have you heard? I know the the dunk contest field is Jericho Sims, Mac McClung, KJ Martin, at least reported, and Trey Murphy the third. But I don't know about yep. the three point contest. 
Dame Lillard, right? Three-point contest. I feel like I, I've seen a report about Damian Lillard being interested, and I feel like I saw something about Buddy Heald as well. But okay. beyond them, and usually it's a pretty deep pool, right? Usually it's like right. eight players or something. Eight guys. So the fact yeah, that we so, only yeah. know potentially, we kind of know two at this point. It, I mean, yeah, it was pretty crazy. It has been a crazy yeah, week no, in the NBA, though. A crazy. That is true. Weeks, so. That is yeah, the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The All Star Saturday Night participants maybe takes a back seat to you know uh, yeah, exactly. an all time seventy five player uh, making their way to a title contender but two guys out there out there maybe be interested to see in Lowry Markin and Donovan Mitchell since they both have Utah Jazz roots maybe they'll uh, be able to do it so we'll have plenty of that over at the Sporting News and NBA Global everything leading up into All-Star Weekend and we'll have some live coverage throughout All-Star Weekend so keep it locked in with us over there at the Sporting News and NBA Global and obviously keep it locked in with us here on NBA Sound System as always we appreciate you tuning in Make sure to subscribe and like and rate these wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll keep the podcast coming. For Scott Rafferty and Gil McGregor, a.k.a. Team LeBron GM and Team Giannis GM, thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of NBA Sound System. We'll be back with you next week to kind of recap how everything went at All-Star Weekend and look forward to the final stretch of the NBA season. If this is half as entertaining as the trade deadline, then we are in for a good finish to the season. Catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in and uh, have a good one.